God is good. Let's get out our Bibles today. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. Hope you come expecting good things today from the Lord. Your expectation and draw upon Him will make a difference in what you're able to receive now. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your word. Thank you for the Spirit of God ministering to each and every heart and life today. And Lord, we expect and we do ask that you would bring us revelation from on high. May the veil be pulled back and may we see like we've never have before. May we have revelation and understanding of, of things that are of you. Thank you for the light of your word. Lord, we don't, lock, we don't walk in darkness, we don't stumble in the darkness, but we walk in the light as you are in the light. Thank you for your grace that is sufficient now in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hebrews 5, let's begin reading here in verse 12. It says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And so, now we've been discussing these principles that are called first principles in the Word of God over the last number of weeks. We want to continue along these lines today because the Bible does tell us that if we um, will exercise ourselves to discern both good and evil... Uh, th- that um, that basically, well, let's just say it how it says it here in verse 14. Solid food belongs to those who are of full age. All right. In other words, not everyone is of full age. Not everyone can handle the next thing that God wants to say to them and bring to their life. But those who are developed, those who by reason of use, not by reason of hearing, but by reason of use, they become spiritually developed and mature to the point where they can receive more. Amen. Might be a good question to ask ourselves from time to time. Is this, have I progressed from where I used to be? Am I more knowledgeable of the things of God than I was last year? Am I walking tighter with Him today than I was back then? Am I more developed in, am I more discerning in good and evil than I was back then? Let's make sure we're always going in the right direction. (laughs) We don't want to be on a downward skid. We don't want to catch ourselves being idle, but always moving forward and uh, and pushing ahead. Praise God. Today, let's continue uh, our discussion along these lines in teaching. And the next one in the list, the final uh, subject in this list is called eternal judgment. Everybody ready to talk about eternal judgment today? Anybody excited in the house today about eternal judgment? All right, that might come across first off as a negative. It might sound like, oh, that's ah, judgment. (laughs) See you later. Um, 
<laughs> if I'd have known that was coming, uh, well, it's actually um, not something that we need to be concerned about from a negative standpoint. Definitely not something the believer needs to be afraid about. Uh, but let, let's look over at the ninth chapter of Hebrews, chapter nine. How many understand that God is just? I mean, he, we can say many things that he is, but I think the truest and most accurate picture of God is what the Apostle John said. He said, God is love. And apparently the Greek wording there is just this, God love. I mean, it's almost, you can't separate God from love. That's just who he is. But within the context of God being love, um, he is just. He always does the right thing. Never does he do unrighteousness. And that even is true when it comes to judgment. I mean, no, judgment is a God word. It's something that's used many times in the Bible. And it's not always a negative thing. It's actually something that must take place. God is a God of justice, a God of judgment. He judges in righteousness and according to truth. He's always right. I don't know about, I don't know what you think about that, but I'm glad that that right and righteousness is going to prevail. The way things are today is not the way they're always going to be. Let's look at Hebrews 9. Again, now verse 27. It says, And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. And then he goes on to talk about how Christ was offered for our sins once. All right. Notice the order. That is, that uh, all of us come under, all of mankind comes under this, that there is death, then judgment. So you're born, you live, you die, and then you give an account for what you did during that space when you were alive physically. That's just the way things are. That's the way God set up the system. There is no, I live and then decide. There is no, I'm, I'm born, I live, I die, and then I try to fix what I did while I lived. No, it is, I live my life, and then after I die, I give an account for that time. This is kind of a heavy-duty thing to realize that our short existence in the physical body, that all of eternity is based upon that. That what we do here and right now will determine what we'll do from that point and forever. It's like, wow, this is kind of serious all of a sudden. <laughs> and, uh, and, and we need to have an understanding of this is just the way things are. Uh, the Bible verse doesn't say, by the way, that there's an appointed time for you to die. God doesn't have a, have a grand calendar and everybody's got a death date on it. And as soon as you run into your date, doesn't matter what happens, you're just out of here. No, that's... That, that's human thinking. That's sometimes religion talking. But how many know the Bible says much about what we can do to extend our days, to lengthen our lives or shorten our lives? I like Psalm 91. The verse says in verse 16, that the Lord said, With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. What's the, what's the Lord's plan? His plan for you and me is that we live a long and satisfying life. Man, if you haven't been living a long time, and if you're not satisfied, you know this. Come on now. God still has something better for you. 
If you're either young or you're even old and not satisfied, there's still something better that God wants to do in your life. That's always been His will. He doesn't want us pooping out at the end or just getting halfway through and checking out. Or, or it's, it's, not, it's not His plan that we get through life and like, man, this, is, this stinks. I want to go to heaven. Now, we all look forward to heaven, thank God, and it's going to be amazing and glorious. But that's not His plan that we just hate life here. And so that's the relief. No, His plan is that we are satisfied with our lives. Amen. You know, Ephesians chapter 6 speaks about how children should obey their parents in the Lord, for this is right, right? They're to honor their father and mother. And He said the results would be that they would uh, live that it would be well with them and they would live what? Long on the earth. Well, what if they don't honor and obey their parents? <laughs> Miserable, pathetic, short life. I mean, couldn't we really say that? But, but notice again, here's my point in saying this. The Lord gives us instructions as to what we can do to lengthen our lives. And if we will believe His promises and accept His word to us as true, not only can we lengthen, uh, increase the length of our life, but we can also increase the quality of our lives. And so when the Bible says over here that it's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment, again, that's not a date on the calendar where you're just going to run into it and there's nothing you can do about it because God chose it. No, the length of our lives is really up to us. Okay? I mean, I, I'm not saying that because I know everything. I'm just saying that's what the Scripture says. That's what many, many Bible verses will tell us. And so God designed for us to live that way. Now, we also see scriptures like 1 Corinthians 11 that give indication why sometimes people are cut short. Remember, it says if, if someone doesn't discern the Lord's body, many times they're sick and they die prematurely. Okay, and so we can again see it is to the degree of our understanding, standing and revelation of what God has done for us, what he has promised for us, that will allow us to to maximize the fullness of what he has planned for us in this life. But when we talk about judgment now, we're not going to cover every aspect of it because there's many things in the Bible uh, that, that deal with this subject. But it's interesting that Jesus brought it down to even the point where he said the words that come out of your mouth are going to be judged. He, 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 even, he even said, not just the important words, but the ones that you kind of think are unimportant. And in fact, the, the way he said that, it was over in Matthew 12. He said that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. What kind of word? Every idle word. Lord, you're going to like write down the idle things that I say? Apparently so. He's got a massive hard drive and he is able to record everything from every person down to the little detail. Yeah, yeah. That, that word idle actually means, it means careless, it means inactive. Uh, words like unemployed or lazy or useless inoperative non-working those are the kind of words that we thought ah that was nothing i just i'm just talking how <laughs> I many know we should never just be talking god designed that our words just like his his words created the worlds and uh and our words are creative forces and we should not be using idle non-operative words he said there's a record kept of those things <laughs> and there'll be an account given in the day of judgment now, if anybody's nervous, 
I'm not done talking yet. We're going to be shouting the victory by the time we're done. Okay. <laughs> Again, we need to know that God is right. There's a lot of injustices that happen in the world today. Many, many times people are done wrong. Sometimes justice is carried out. Sometimes it's not. Has, has, has anybody ever been dealt with unjustly by someone else in life? I mean, someone did something to you or something transpired and it was not fair. It was not just. And it sure looks like the turkey got away with it. Huh? Good news is nobody gets away with anything. <laughs> And uh, and maybe maybe you you've thought at times that <laughs> now hold off on the vengeance thing there. <laughs> yes, <laughs> bless God, they're gonna get it. <laughs> uh, maybe you've been one that has, has thought at times, man. I've I've served, I've done things in secret, I've given, I've laid down my life, and nobody even knows. Nobody even appreciates what I've done and all this stuff. Well, that's not true either. God knows. And we need to check our motive and why we're doing things anyway. But, but God knows everything that you've done. He knows every labor of love. And he's not unjust to forget it. Huh? A hard drive has that too. Praise God. And, uh, and, and so, and so that's, that, that's, a, that's a good thing. But again, in this world, when things are done unjustly, you know, children sometimes born into homes that are just horrible. The parents that shouldn't even, you know, they should have been neutered a long time ago. Or is that an animal? Anyway. Uh, you know, born into situations where it's, it's not fair. I mean, the child never did anything to, to come into that situation where there's abuse and there's no love. And then, and then someone else comes along and they're in the midst of love and protection and safety. And, 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 and it's like, well, that's not right. I know, but uh, God is right. And when this thing is all wrapped up, justice will be, sh- will be served. Correct and accurate and righteous judgment will come for everything. There'll be nothing left undone. There'll be no junk underneath the rug. Nothing will be shoved in the closet. <laughs> no, no peas and Brussels sprouts shoved underneath the plate. <laughs> so mom and dad won't see. <laughs> Everything will be open. Everything will be clear. There'll be no regrets. We aren't gonna, we're not going to go through eternity hoping, nobody, hoping that everybody doesn't find out about something. It'll all be open and everything will be righteous and everything will be uh, just. Because that's the way God is. Remember, Jesus said, pray that things would be done on earth as they are in heaven. What do you mean they are in heaven? Heaven is under God's dominion right now. And, and will be. But, you know, it's under His control. Everything there that happens is right. There's no sin on righteousness. That's not the case in the earth. So it's like God's controlling everything. No, He's not. Look at the planet. You can see that that's not under God's control. It's under man's control, and we have royally messed it up. Right? But ultimately, that's not going to be the case. Everything's going to be set in order again. Okay? And so when it comes to judgment now, there's some things we need to understand and, and get, because this is first principles. All right? Notice the language eternal judgment. It's not just judgment period, but eternal. Again, that puts a heavy weight on this time period in our life because what we do here lasts for ever. It's an eternal 
judgment. And it's the right judgment, but it will last forever. Both for the sinner and for the saint. For the believer and the unbeliever. And so let's talk about two main judgments here today. Number one is the judgment for believers. The judgment for believers. That's probably most of us in the room here today. There is a judgment coming for believers. Are we to be concerned about that? No, we don't have to be afraid about. We don't have to be afraid of that at all. Under this judgment for believers, let me separate that into three three uh, primary areas that I want to mention. First of all, uh, we should understand that for the believer, our sins have already been judged in Christ. If that takes, if that doesn't take the pressure off, <laughs> uh, nothing will. Our sins have already been judged in Christ. That's why I can stand here and be confident, be happy about it, and say, judgment's coming. Isn't that scare you a little bit? No, no, no. Because my sins have already been judged in Christ. He already went to the cross for my sins. So they're not ever going to be brought up. Huh? I'm not going to be judged for my sins. You're not, if you're a believer, you're not going to be judged for your sins. Jesus was. Look, look at uh, John chapter 12 with me. John, the 12th chapter. And, and notice with me over here in verse 31, 12, 31. Jesus speaking here said, Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. This he said, signifying by what death he would die. Now notice what the Lord is talking about here. It's a very common in, in, in many Christian circles. You'll get in a time of praise and worship and people will say, The Lord said if he would be lifted up, he would draw all peoples to himself. So let's lift up the Lord. You ever heard that? <laughs> What's he talking about? He signi- said by signifying by what death he would die. So are you saying, let's get Jesus and put him back on the cross? Because that's the context of what he's saying. He's saying, when I go to the cross, that is the lifting up that he's talking about. We don't want to lift up the Lord anymore. No more lifting up the Lord. Like that. Of course we want to praise him. Of course we want to magnify him. But again, that's taken out of context sometimes and, and, and misinterpreted. We don't want to put Jesus back on the cross. But here's another point that we should look at here. Notice verse 32 he said, and if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. Do you ever notice that word peoples there? That word peoples is, is, is uh, italicized. Ital- you know, an italicized word in certain translations, like the New King James that I'm reading from, simply means that the translators added the word. That it wasn't there in the original language, but they added it to help the sentence structure and maybe help make sense of it. But sometimes it doesn't do that. Sometimes it changes the meaning. All right. So we can legitimately and rightly take the word peoples out of that verse because it's not really there. They added it. And if you read it that way, he says, and if I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all to myself. If I am 
hung on the cross, if I am lifted up, that's the kind of death he would die, if I am lifted up on the cross, I will draw all to myself. All what? Well, verse 31 says, now is the judgment of this world. When he's saying, when I go to the cross, I am going to be like a magnet and draw all judgment to myself. I don't know about you, but that's good news for me. (laughs) Here we see the divine exchange. The great substitution that his righteousness is placed on my account and my sin was placed on his account. He drew all the punishment, all the judgment and all the wrath of God into himself when he went to the cross. Therefore, when you talk about judgment day now, I'm getting happy. Why? Because I'm about to be judged righteous. The judgment that comes to my life when I stand before the Lord is clean, innocent, not a stain, not a, not a problem at all here. Why? It went on Jesus. And he dealt with it. See, that's why the scripture says that we can have boldness even in the day of judgment. That means we're going to walk before God without fear, without condemnation. We're going to give an account for our life, but he's not angry with us. He's not upset. He's not about to pound us down. He's not, you know, he's there to embrace and to love because we are free. Woohoo! Come on, somebody. And so here, uh, our judgment, this judgment for our sin has been placed on Jesus. Secondly, now, the Bible says that we are to judge ourselves. We are to judge ourselves. 1 Corinthians 11 speaks about that. And how are we supposed to judge ourselves? Well, we should judge ourselves in light of the cross. We should judge ourselves in light of what Jesus has already done. Now, if I'm going the wrong way, doing the wrong thing, thinking the wrong thing, saying the wrong thing, if I have sinful behavior in my life, I should call sin what it is. I should call it sin. I should have accurate judgment of what's happening in my life. But I call it what it is, and I acknowledge that Jesus took it from me that he bore the penalty he bore the punishment he was judged on my behalf and so we should constantly be judging ourselves what in light of the finished work of the cross not just judge myself i'm I'm gonna judge myself a sinner as a good for nothing no 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 i don't want to do that i don't want to make light of what jesus did for me i want to take sin very serious to say this is bad this is wrong but i judge myself righteous in christ And free from the penalty of that and the dominion of that sin. Amen. And so we need to constantly judge ourselves in light of what Jesus has done. And take sin, not make it light, don't make it uh, not a serious issue. But deal with it appropriately in accordance with what the Lord has done. And then the third thing, and this is what we'll look at a couple scriptures here, is called the judgment seat of Christ. Okay, the judgment for believers in the Bible is called the judgment seat of Christ. Look at 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And notice with me in verse 10. 5.10. For we must all appear... Before the judgment seat of Christ. How many must appear? Now, now who's we though? Who, we is not the whole world. We is not everyone on the planet. We is not just the French word for yes. <laughs> Sorry. We, 
we speaks about all believers. He's talking to the church here. And I know it's spelled different. Uh, He's talking to the church. We must all appear. So every believer, every child of God that's present here um, is going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. You have an appointment there. Okay. Now, here's the deal. That each one may receive the things done in the body. Done where? In the body. So that's just talking about this short little period in, in eternity. Time when you, were, you, you uh, were given a body as a baby. You were conceived until the time you die. That's your body time. Okay? And only during that little period in eternity is this, gonna, is this concerning. We're going to stand before Him concerning those things done in the body. Not concerning the things we, done, we do after we die. After the physical person, after you leave your physical body, no decisions made there, okay? You're just given an account for things done in the body, that each one may receive things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. What? Whether good or bad. Now, you, here's, here's the thing. You can't take bad there and erase other scriptures. You can't take bad there and take away Jesus died for my bad. So what does that mean? The word bad literally means worthless. I'm not going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and start talking about my sins to the Lord. He's not going to talk to me about sins that I've committed. He doesn't know about them. He intentionally forgot. He will not remember because of Jesus and what he's done. So I'm not concerned about that day. Judgment seat of Christ. Oh, what is the Lord going to bring up? No, it well, I'll say this, it's not going to be sin. Not going to bring up all the things that I have done, had done wrong in my life because those are under the blood and those have been forgiven. So what he's talking about is we're going to give an account for things done that were good or, and here, here's the other side. Now, this is not exactly positive, but it's better than the sin thing. Okay. And this is called worthless stuff, or you could call it bad, but it's not Sin, because no one goes from the judgment seat of Christ to hell. Everybody with me? Now, now look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians, the third chapter. And let's read here, this is talking about the same event, this appointment you have at the judgment seat of Christ. Verse 11, for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. What's our foundation? Jesus Christ. It is our faith in the finished work of the cross, what He has done. That's the foundation for all of our walk and relationship with the Lord. He said, verse 12, Now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw. Now stop right there for a moment. He's given us two pictures. Upon the foundation of Jesus being the Lord of our lives, of Him being our Savior, the foundation of salvation is what we build upon. Now, what we build upon is either going to be the good stuff, gold, precious stones, the stuff that lasts, the stuff that can handle the heat, or it's going to be the cheap stuff. It's going to be the stuff that you put a match to it and it's going to burn up. It's just going to go away. Okay, so that's the picture he has painted for us here. Each one's work will become clear. What's going to become clear? What we do. 
the work that we do after getting saved now. This is not about heaven or hell. After getting saved, the work that we do, the things we do with our life is going to be very clear. No confusion. So I gave and I served and nobody knows it. Well, shut up. I mean, I don't mean to be mean or anything, but uh, that's going to turn your work into hay if you talk like that. If you start serving just for the accolades of man and wanting the attention of man, you're going to turn your good stuff into bad stuff, into worthless stuff. Keep it honorable before God because it'll become clear. I, I think there'll probably be people that we see in heaven and they are loaded up with honor and respect and, and, and reward. And we thought, I didn't even know they did anything. But God kept a record. Amen. The sin part of our hard drive was wiped out, reformatted, you know, zeros being written on that thing seven times. Uh, It completely wiped out. But the other part, after being saved now, just contains, not, not doesn't contain sin, but it contains good and worthless stuff. Each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built upon it, it, upon it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will go to hell. Right? No, no. He himself will be saved yet as, as so through fire. Okay? And so again, the picture is what we do with our lives after getting saved is either producing good quality gems, high quality metals, gold, that stuff that can handle the heat. When the fire comes, it's either going to stay or it's going to be gone. It is not going to be a time of condemnation where the Lord says, you dirty rascal. Ah, I can't. It is going to be a matter of our lives. Did we do things that we can carry with us for eternity? Did we live by faith and fulfill the will of plan of God? Or we did we live selfishly? Did we live just for our own selves and building up our own kingdom and trying to make ourselves a name in this earth and that kind of stuff? All that, you're not going to be punished for it. It's going to, well, you know, that kind of stuff hurts us while we're still here on earth because it's just wrong. But also when it comes to standing before God, it's just all going to be blown away. Okay, the fire is going to consume it and what's left is going to be what we are rewarded for. Yeah. I have a hard time thinking, this is just my my opinion, that if I waste my life since getting saved, if I waste my life just on natural pursuits and fleshly endeavors, that I'm not going to stand before the Lord thinking, I wish I would have given more of my time to the things that really matter. This is my, my thinking now, Okay. I have a hard time thinking that I won't have any regrets. And and thinking that everyone, you know, is out in the city and I'm out the judgment seat of Christ, wherever that is, and they're looking up and seeing that bonfire. Man, who's that? (laughs) They sure built a lot of (laughs) a lot of straw houses and (laughs) things that are temporary, things that didn't don't won't last for eternity. I don't want to be in that situation. Okay, again, I know this, it's not about condemnation, where every single one of us are going to walk away from the judgment seat of Christ saying, the Lord is good, His mercy endures forever. And we go to the same heaven, same Lord, same glory, I mean, just the blessing of God, there's going to be, we're not going to live 
through eternity with regret. Nothing like nothing of that nature. Just thankfulness for what the Lord has done for us. I'm convinced of that. But at the same time, what does the reward look like for things done right? I mean, that's a, a question I have. I don't know for certain. The Bible speaks of crowns, like a crown of rejoicing and a crown of life and a crown of righteousness. And uh, are those literal crowns that we'll wear? Maybe. I don't know. Sounds kind of uncomfortable, but uh, I imagine it's a reward is literally going to be a reward. It, it, it might be in the rank and position that a person holds. The responsibilities they're given in the ages to come because they were faithful with what God gave them while they were here on the earth in the body. I, I, I don't think I'm going to look at one person and, and be jealous of their reward if they have something maybe that I don't have. I think it'll be an, an issue of honor. And we'll respect people who, who, who finished their course and ran their race and did the will of God. We'll look at them with great honor and respect and say, way to go, without feeling diminished or something ourselves. Because the Lord's at love will envelop every single one of us. Okay? And so this is a time of reward. That's why we can have boldness. That's why we can not fear. That's why we can stand before the Lord with confidence. And we can come before Him. And, uh, and when, we're, when we're heading to this day, this day of the judgment seat of Christ, I tell you what, it can be, we can be looking for, oh, happy day. Oh, yeah. Not afraid. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Let's talk about the judgment for the wicked. The judgment for the wicked. Is there another judgment? There is. Let's look at Revelation chapter 20. So again, number one is judgment for the believer. Number two is judgment for the wicked. We can be judged righteous and are in Christ. But judgment for the wicked is something we also have to be aware of. We have to know about. And it's, this is called in the scripture the great white throne judgment. Revelation 20. Let's read here verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it, from whose faith, face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was no place, there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works, by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it. And death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his what, works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Okay? And so judgment for the wicked, we know, is going to be according to works. Now, we know that no one goes to hell because uh, they sin in the sense of no one goes to hell for lying or stealing or adultery or anything like that. You don't go to hell for those things. But what does a person go to hell for? It's called the rejection of the Lord Jesus and what he did for them. All right. That's very important for us to know. But are there different degrees of severity of punishment for, for the wicked? They actually are. Notice again, they are judged according to their works. So what about someone who had really bad works? It's going to be more severe. 
All right. Jesus even mentioned to one place where he had done miracles. He said, in the day of judgment, it'll be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah. And we know that was wicked haven. <laughs> more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah than it will be for this city. So there seems to be a different degree of severity that will take place at the great white throne. Uh, re- just like believers are rewarded for things, for specific things they do right, unbelievers, then the wicked, are punished for things that they've done wrong. And you know what? God's judgment is right. It's 100% right. There is no injustice. There, no one is going to get to the end and have been done wrong. Let God be true and every man a liar. All right? Judge, judgment will be right, will be righteous. Guess what? All of us will see that clearly. Sometimes we wonder now, man, how could it be? How could this be? What about this scenario? We're going to see through God's eyes. We're going to see clearly, and we're going to all declare without hesitation, God is righteous in His judgments. He is right. He is love. He is correct in everything that He does. Okay? And so, and, and so again, let's look at Second, Second Thessalonians. We'll finish up over here today. Second Thessalonians chapter 1. I remember hearing uh, a powerful evangelist one time, years ago, given an altar call in an evangelistic meeting. And he was talking about the, the, what we just read there, the book of life. And the names written in the book of life. And he, he, he said, what if a big angel came down from heaven and right in the middle of the, our meeting here today came down with a big, massive book? And it was the book of life. He said, how many of you would want to come up here and see if your name was written in the book of life? And hands went up all over the place. Yeah, I want to see if my name's written in there. And he totally had them. Because how many understand, if you don't know if your name's written in there, you're in trouble. You are. That's the thing about salvation. When you're saved, you know it. Yeah. You know you are. You know you're right with God. You know your name's written in there. And if you're concerned about it not being in there, it's not. But it can be. It's not too late, remember? While we are at home in the... If you're still in the body, anybody here not in the body? <laughs> if you're still here in the body, all right, you still qualify to make preparation for Judgment Day. Amen. Now, here's what Second Thessalonians says, chapter 1, verse 7. It says, And to give you who are troubled rest with, with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with His mighty angels, in flaming fire taking vengeance on those who do not know God. And on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, these shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. All right? And so we should understand now, of course, again, this is a first principle. So all of us should fully understand and be aware of the serious nature and the serious responsibility, you might say, of our lives while, at, while here in the body. It should motivate us as believers. Let's load up on rewards. <laughs> I mean God will give us an assignment. He'll bless us in the midst of it. And when we finish. 
He'll give us a reward for it. I mean, how good can that get? Oh, the Lord is so good. Wow. But on the other side, for the wicked now, this should motivate us to help us communicate with others, knowing the, not only the goodness but the severity of God, knowing that there is judgment day coming for them, and unless they receive the gift of eternal life and God's forgiveness, that it's going to be a bad day. I know that's not gospel. What do you mean? It's not good news. And we always want to preach the good news, the good news of God's love and mercy and grace and forgiveness and kindness. But if someone rejects, I think as a good friend, I got to tell them, you know what? I got to tell you, there's something coming and it's really bad. And if you don't like the good news, let me motivate you. Because judgment comes for every one of us. My judgment day is going to be a good thing. There's going to be zero condemnation. But your judgment day is going to be a really bad deal. Unless you accept what the Lord gives you so freely. He loves you so much. Then I'm going to go back into good news. I can't help it. (laughs) But if I need to, if you need to, tell them about what's coming. So have you ever read Revelation 20? Do you know what's, what, what's about to happen? And we'll use it to, for people's benefit. But again, this is one of the first principles. So understanding that our life here is temporary and there is an account given for every person when we die physically. That's essential as a motivator and a, just the knowledge of that will, will shape the way that we live and what we do with our lives here. Amen. Amen. Well, God is good. Let's pray today. Father, we love you and we thank you so much for your faithfulness and your kindness. Thank you for your goodness in our lives. Lord, you are merciful and you are kind. Lord, you are righteous and you are just. You are correct in all of your judgments. Lord, we're not going to question you. But we do ask that you help us to see clear even today those things that pertain to us in our lives. That we might focus on doing things that produce reward. That of our lives there might be gold and silver and precious stones that can stand in the midst of a fire. That we might receive your best so thank you for speaking to our hearts today Lord the purpose to live in your will and your plan to carry out your plan to run our race and finish our course with joy thank you for your strength and your grace that you empower us in Jesus name Father I pray for every person today that's not right with you Father for those that are here that are heading to the great white throne judgment may it not be so Lord may they sense and and know how much you love them so even right now that they might change their course and direction in life in Jesus name we pray Amen. Amen Amen